In the moonlit corners of history, some stories refuse to fade away, no matter how much time has passed. Join the conspiracy outposts as we travel back to the 19th century to the quaint town of Exeter, Rhode Island. The air is thick with unease as whispers of chilling legends begin to circulate through the town's cobblestone street. At the heart of the tale stands Mercy Brown, a name that sends shivers down spines of those who dare to speak it. In an era where the line between science and superstitions fade together, the Brown family found themselves ensnared in a web of tragedy and suspicion. So gather around, dear listeners, as we embark on a journey into the shadows, seeking to unravel the mysteries that have been long tucked, uh, tucked away. I am your host, Casey. I'm Mike. <laughs> and I'm Joe. So this happened down in Exeter, Rhode Island, as we know, in the vampire capital of America, as it was called. And, Rhode uh, Island? Yeah. Exeter, Pennsylvania. Were you, uh, Dude. were you, were you uh, starting at Casey? Was that a part of it? I don't know what we were doing there. That was, that was just, um, just some background stuff. No, uh, it, it used to be, it used to be, at the time, it was known as the vampire capital of America. Oh, of America. Yeah. Yeah. Not of the world, no. Just a you were sorry. Okay. Oh, is that the road room? To... Sorry, I'm like out of it right now. <laughs> I, haven't, yeah, I, haven't, I haven't drank since um I don't think I drank since you were, that night that you were over, Casey. Yeah, nice. tonight's the first night I have. I've been broke as fuck and I was like, I'm only gonna drink on the podcast nights. That's hit me a little harder. Uzi. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, try not drink until that. Concert. Yeah, that's what I, I'm only gonna do it on the podcast nights and then go hard on the concert. <laughs> I don't even think I'm doing anything on my birthday. I'm just fucking dead ass broke. Dead ass? Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. I'm, I'm probably gonna be be in town. Oh, you're you're. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't think I don't think we took that gig in in Santa Rosa. So let's unravel tonight's topic by traveling back in time to the year 1892. I said that with a question because I'm gonna I think so. I am Ron Burgundy. Well, so 1883 was when uh, George Brown's wife. Oh yeah, I think I think I was just um, this was just about tuberculosis in general. I think a, a summary of it maybe. Oh, okay. uh, consumption, or as we call it today, tuberculosis. Tuberculosis. Why do I keep saying that weird? Or as we call it today, it's a weird tuberculosis. word. Tuberculosis. Just don't think Tubular. about it. <laughs> don't think about it. Uh, was plaguing the good old U.S. of A. More specifically, the Northeast states like Rhode Island, Connecticut, and Vermont lost many families to the to the disease. When the mortality. Dude, do you know what's up there? That's you know why? Because that's where all the fucking coal mine mines are at. Oh really? Yeah. Because I should have figured. I'm like, Sorry. No, no, I was just I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah. the mortality rates were first being recorded from 1786 to 1800, officials stated the, the disease took about two percent of the New England populace. God damn! Is my stigmatism? How much you said? Fifteen. Two uh, percent of the New England populace. Oh. Yeah. Two percent is a large. That's it doesn't sound like a lot, but two percent of a population is quite a bit. If that's a large population. Yeah. 
And that was only like some of the states there. It was just like there was like ten people in the town, just two. <laughs> Dude, wouldn't that be twenty? That'd be twenty percent of the population if it was ten. Oh, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Case is like, oh, look at you with your fucking, with your magic. <laughs> there was a hundred people in the town, and two of them died. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, symptoms included fatigue, night sweats, and the coughing up of white phlegm or foamy blood. It was a horrific way to die. With Nicholas Bellantoni, a retired Connecticut state archaeologist, stating that consumptives lost weight, coughed up blood, their skin turned ashen, and sometimes died a slow death, almost as if something was sucking the life out of them. Yeah, your daughters. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> My God. What was even worse was at the time there was no cure or even treatment for this deadly little bugger. Physicians would. <laughs> I don't know what I wrote. <laughs> deadly little bugger. <laughs> Physicians would recommend their patients rest, eat well, and exercise outdoors. You know, everything a gym bro will tell you cures crippling existential depression, but we can all ask Jason David Frank how that went over. Who the fuck uh, is that? The Green yeah, Ranger? The Green it. Power Ranger. That guy was like an MMA fighter and everything else. Like he, he was fucking whatever and he killed himself. Dude. That was fucked up. I think that was a little too. Uh, uh, honestly, you know what? I, that kind of reminded me of what you were saying was um, in Family Guy. He's like, so you have stage four cancer. He's like, yeah, I have cancer and it's a, it's a great way to stay in shape. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a great way to stay in shape. Anyways, it was almost a def uh, definite killer with the mortality rate being 80% of its victims. So there was that 2% of, like, all victims, but 80% of, like, the, the victims that had it died. So it was, there was a 20% of people that lived that had it. And it was very, you know. But, yeah, so who, who could blame the people in the small town of Exeter, Rhode Island, for the mania caused by this disease of darkness in the late 19th century? For the sake of a great story, I know I don't blame them. It's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, before germ theory, physicians were unable to explain how certain infectious diseases were spread. For those of you, for those of you who are as dumb as I am, germ theory is the theory that certain diseases are caused by the invasion of the body by microorganisms. It was developed, proved, and popularized in Europe and North America between about 1850 and 1920. I've so what, never heard what we know now is before. it's called germ theory, germs? apparently. And I don't know why yeah, it's a theory germs. they say. Well, I know. I, I, I would get like what the gist of it would be if someone's like, "Oh, you ever heard of germ theory?" I'm like, "Oh, is it the studying of germs?" But uh. But I've never heard it before. Like, I've never heard That's the term germ theory. I had to look before. it up when I was, like, reading shit. I was like, why do they keep bringing up germ theory? I was like, the fuck is this? Am I a germ theory? <laughs> okay, so. Whatever your mom's carrying around is a germ theory. Maybe so. <laughs> This lack of knowledge brought fear into the hearts of the New Englanders. Fear of vampiric supernatural forces. They didn't deny the existence of consumption, just misinformed of what caused its lingering presence. These God-fearing individuals believed that the ones who perished by the disease, or as I like to put it, those who were consumed by consumption, were preying upon their family members. <laughs> Some even referring to the consumption-consumed corpses as New England vampires and described them as a microbe or bacterium with fangs. That's kind of a cool thing, I thought. 
So yeah. be, before we start diving into these uh, these vampire tales, I just want to th- I just want to point out that it's kind of funny that this happened in the like eighteen like late eighteen hundreds early nineteen hundreds when um, Europe had their vampire hysteria scare in the fifteenth and sixteenth century. So I don't know why the fuck that we were so late to the game. Like oh we don't know what the fuck's going on with the vampires. Ah! This is America. We do things our way. We don't refuse to listen to anything else. Uh, you mean tea drinking fucking sissies? Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it's like, but but Europe already had that stuff. They have tea sipping sissies. Nah, those weren't vampires. Those are pussies. <laughs> Dude, when you're doing the stuff about consumption, I just every time I hear that word, I can't not hear uh, Charlie Day saying, "I think I got a touch of consumption." He's <laughs> yeah. puking blood all over the place because he ate all the blood I, capulets and uh, I'm not gonna lie, the, always the word sunny. Makes my mouth watery as fuck. Instead of this hurricane, sipping <laughs> uh, on there's a product placement there. <laughs> These panicking villagers believed the only way to prevent continued vampire attacks and the spread of the disease was to dig up the deceased, disease, <laughs> disease deceased, and perform various rituals. I thought this was pretty cool and has inspired me to hang back after my grandma's funeral and do the same to her in hopes that it vanishes the meth addiction <laughs> that has plagued my family for seven generations. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> sit there and wait. Do you happen to know uh, what, what these <laughs> rituals consist of um, well before we get into the rituals Joseph why don't we get into a little bit of background of the, the brown family oh that's what I got I got, a, I got some stuff there <laughs> the it, it was the next set yeah that's what, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, now that we've got that out of the way <laughs> let's focus our attention back to Exeter Row Island where our little story takes place. Entering upstage, George Brown, a small-town farmer who lost the love of his life, his wife, Mary Eliza, to tuber- tuberculosis. Why can I not say the word? Tuberculosis. Oh my God. In, uh, in 1884, or did I do that year wrong? The 1883. She's, she know. fell sick in 1883, okay. and she died six months later, so it probably was in 1884 by the time she died. Oh no, no. So no, she she died in eighteen eighty three and then six months later her daughter. Okay, got see, sick I too. think I wrote that wrong. That's why when I was telling you earlier my notes got scrambled. I think I wrote the dates in weird places. Time I'm I'm time skipping over here. Uh this would only be one of it would only be the first of many tragedies to befall the Brown family. Brown is in last name, not uh the skin tone of the family. I don't think consumption had a preference to ethnicities. I think it killed all e- equally. Let's not confuse it with consume some, which was a similar yet bigoted disease in the South. Just, that was a joke. That's a real thing. Oh, that would be funny to hear someone's... Man, dude, yeah. There's like some hate crime. It's like they must have felt ill to consume some. What? <laughs> Why is it called consume some? Well, it doesn't consume all. Consume all. all. <laughs> Go ask Cletus about it. I want nothing to do with it. Okay. Uh, moving on there. Two years after the fall of Mary Eliza Tron. Oh, you cut out you right there, Chris. I don't know. It on okay. everyone's. I can hear you now. Can you hear me now? Okay. Uh, two years after the fall of Mary Eliza Tron, that's right, I did a Transformers thing there. Uh, his eldest daughter, Mary Olive, Olive, Mary Olive had succumbed to the illness as well 
at the age of 20. Did I get that part right, Casey? I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm fucking up numbers. Damn, she's 21 years old? She's an old woman. It's an old woman for that. Uh, like, God damn. <laughs> 1883, there isn't 20 like no, a decent see, I think you got it. I think you got the mixed up. So... In 1883, the wife fell ill to the sickness, and then six months later, his 20-year-old daughter, Mary, also became sick. And then within the next several years, their 19-year-old daughter, Mercy, became sick. And she was next on the chopping block. Or, and then next on the chopping block was their teenage son. Wait, did fucking tuberculosis just kill this entire family? Yeah, it was, like, just seeping through them. The dad was perfectly fine. The motherfucker must have been yeah, like me, a germaphobe. That's what, yeah, see, that's what I wrote. Yeah, that's I said, uh, exercising, chopping wood all goddamn day, trying to keep this family alive. Before uh, the sun. Dude, it's probably the fact that, like, George probably was out working yeah. in the wilderness, like, working in germ-infested areas. He was probably, like, his immune system. He was a like, farmer, so he probably fucking, yeah. Um, yeah. That's a the that's what I wrote, that uh, they seem to be in good health for a while until the cunning little cunt consumption conjured its chaotic hand again, this time latching itself to old Georgie's son, Edwin. Did you get- Edwin! Uh, Edwin! It was... Awesome. So, I mean, if you're going to name your kid Edwin, you must not love that kid anyways. Not, so I don't think that was a total loss. It would have been funny if there was a twin. It was Edwin, the twin with uh, Ledwig. Man, I don't even know a name that rhymes with Edwin. Um, this is Edwin, and Ed wasn't. Ed wasn't, which is apparently this guy. Um, Ed, Ed Bruce. It was. Um, yeah. So at the time, it was believed that the air quality and climate of uh, Colorado. Wow, that's not how you spell Colorado. Uh, Springs could potentially combat the illness. So Edwin ventured off to see if these claims were true. They weren't. He came back. Uh, is this the right date? Eighteen ninety-two. Edwin, Edwin coming back from Colorado Springs. Oh, I gotta go read real quick. Whatever the date was, eighteen ninety-two. Yeah. yeah, so he came back in an even worse state. Not because of consumption, though. He fucked a chimpanzee from a CIA testing facility and contracted the first case of AIDS. Right. Fucking Colorado Springs, <laughs> man. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> He died of consumption. No, he he was he. I mean, he was worse in condition of consumption. He's not dead yet. Um, and he returned in a shittier shape than he left. And in the same year as, um, oh wait, what the fuck? I jumped the thing. So he came back in a shittier fucking thing. So as the Brown family dropped like flies, the town folk began to fear the reason to be more sinister than an ordinary illness. And with Edwin's health dwindling away, his father began to grow desperate. So it came to no surprise that when his fellow concerned townsfolk came to him telling of an old folk tale about the illness, he was all ears, kind of. I didn't really know this because there was two different things where it said, one thing was saying he was like really into fucking, yeah, let's do this. Another one was like, eh, he was kind of iffy until they did the, uh, until they exhumed the body. So I didn't know if he was really into it or fucking what. Well, back then, the so the myth basically states that if uh, multiple family members die of consumption, it might be because one of the disease, uh, deceased me- uh, members is draining the life force from their living relatives. And then, so he, like what, the one I read, I didn't see the one that he was all on board, that he was basically desperate and had no other way, like had no other options or anything. He just wanted to save his history, son. So he was just history.com made it seem like he was all fucking I think it was history.com. Made it seem like he was all fucking ears. 
Like, her, it was all fucking ready. I mean, he was all ears. He just didn't. Um, well, the the local newspaper said it was reported that Mr. Brown did not place much uh, credence in the old time theory and resisted their uh, importunities until Wednesday when the bodies of the wife and two daughters were exhumed and an examination had under the direction of Harold Metcalf, M.D. of Wickford. Is what, uh, I don't believe that guy ever went to medical school. <laughs> <laughs> the town folks superstition claimed that you know, like you were saying but uh, the way that they, the tale went was by some unexplained and unreasonable way in some part of the deceased relative's body live flesh and blood might be found which is supposed to feed on the living who are in the feeble health is, is the, the quote of how the legend goes but it was what you were just saying that if they lived on something was sucking the fucking life force out of them um yeah, so uh, was it 1892 when they, they dug up the bodies? March 17th, 1892? Uh, okay, yeah. yeah, so on the morning of March 17th, 1892, a doctor and some locals with shovels and picks in hand exhumed the bodies of George's family at the Chestnut Cemetery in Exeter, Rhode Island. Once unearthed, the grave-digging gang discovered that the corpses of Mary and Mary Olive had rotted away. Mercy Brown's body, however, was different. Mercy was oddly well-preserved, even though she was lying in a crypt for several months. Her hair and nails had looked like they had grown, and when pierced, her delicate skin still contained drops of blood. There was also blood found in her heart and liver. I don't know if those... Yeah, okay. How 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 long before was she buried? It was like, it was like she sat out in the cold for like nine weeks, wasn't it? Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of fucked up, but there's like two different versions of the story. Uh, some say that she was buried in the ground, and others say that she was stored in a nearby crypt. And this this was during winter time, waiting for the New ground England. to thaw to bury her water in the ground. So so what what like modern day people say the reason why her body was so preserved and everything is because it was fucking freezing outside so it was yeah. like basically in a cooler <laughs> but there's there's two different ones they either said that she was already in the ground or that she was stored in a crypt being uh waiting till the thaw the crypt thing seems more plausible that's the one that that i hear the most of so I just yeah. I just like talking about people bringing a bunch of shovels and going to the grave. I believe the, like the, the crypt thing makes the most sense. I just <laughs> that's the funniest part. Yeah, I mean, their findings convinced the superstitious squad that these were signs that confirmed their suspicions. Mercy was a vampire. <laughs> the doctor, however, was not so convinced. I just picture the Scooby Doo gang going there. Well, it turns out gang the vampire along was Mercy Brown. <laughs> the doctor's like, no. And it's... They got to pull her mask off and her whole head comes off the body. <laughs> Run up, you piece oh. of shit. <laughs> and they're just like ripping out her organs. <laughs> uh, the doctor obviously was not convinced as we were, as I was just saying in that Scooby-Doo uh, retelling. Uh, after witnessing this ghetto graveside autopsy, he found that even though the nine-week-old <laughs> remains of Mercy Brown had looked startlingly normal, starting startlingly normal, it was actually not unusual at all. Like we were just saying, because yeah, uh, it, 
It was freezing yeah. outside. Yeah. <laughs> this bitch was on ice. <laughs> uh, the panicking group would not listen to reason. They ripped out Mercy's still bleeding heart. I kind of just glance over the shit. So uh, what they did is they, yeah, uh, they took out her bleeding heart and liver and burned them before reburying her defaced corpse. The ashes of Edwin's poor sister's organs was then mixed in water and gave to him to drink. The townspeople's ritualistic potion of miracles proved to be no more than just a twisted placebo to ease the sickness in their heads. That is their super superstitious ways. Let's let's just point out that they didn't like go take this to like a burning, like put it on a queue or nothing. They just threw it on a rock. <laughs> a rock like it was a fucking. They put it on a rock like it was a fucking uh, snake spark or fucking firework, and they just like lit it on fire and watch. And uh, yeah, so, obviously the shit didn't work. They made so they made fucking Edwin drink this concoction, saying you'll be better now. And his motherfucker died still. So it's. He drank his fucking sister's uh, his liver, and, liver heart. and heart and still died. It was like, oh, this is gruesome. <laughs> Did he enjoy it with some fava beans and a nice key ante? I'd like to think so, yeah. Yeah, he he died, what, two months later? Yeah, he was? died fucking a mere two months later. Motherfucker. And I'm sure the dad was just like, oh, thank God, everything's fine now. <laughs> he just dies. The dad fucking perfectly fine. I, I've read some places he was shunned and shit, or he moved away because everything. I don't know. I don't remember what it was. I don't know if it's true though. That's so before a rebearing a vampire, uh, a common thing was to do was to behead them and place the head on the chest before rebearing them. But what I was thinking, I was like, at this point, why not just burn the whole fucking body? You know, just just do away with yeah, it. You might as well. Why take a chance for that blood sucking bitch to come back? <laughs> you know, there was one. There was P uh, PD the uh, PD the uh, townspeople pervert uh, that was just like, let's fuck it, see if it's still warm. If it is, she's definitely a vampire. <laughs> Get out of here, PD. Man. <laughs> yeah, when Edwin dies, <laughs> he just runs off. Sorry, that, was, it's, that uh, one's a little fucked up there. Um, so, uh, yeah, the Mercy Brown case was not the only one of its kind. In the early 20th century, it was common practice in Western countries to dig up and burn bodies in fear of vampires. Hers was just like an end to an era. I was kind of like, all right, it's kind of fucked up. Uh, History.com says... And I quote that the brown exhumations in Rhode Island, known then as the vampire capital of America, as Casey was saying earlier, was just one among tens of similar exhumations through New England at the time. Henry David Thoreau even mentions one in an 1859 journal that I did not look up. (laughs) Um, Even though Mercy Brown's life was short-lived, her story as the last New England vampire still lives on, supposedly her surviving relatives have newspaper clippings about the incident and family scrapbooks, as often brought up during the town's decoration day. The decoration day is when the town's residents decorate the local cemeteries. To this day, Mercy Brown's gravesite is a popular spot for sightseers and curious visitors. They, le- they even leave gifts behind, such as jewelry and plastic vampire teeth. <laughs> That shit's hilarious to me. 
that, is that real? I thought you were no, no, that's joke. real. Apparently, that's a yeah. real fucking thing. Uh, that people leave fucking yeah. Apparently, someone once left a note that read "You go, girl," on there too. I guess <laughs> though they have that. so at Mercy's grave, it's located in Chestnut Hill Cemetery in a small graveyard behind the tiny white Baptist church off of 10 mile road, a couple miles away from I 95. There's a path that goes directly through the cemetery and about halfway down on the left is the Brown family plot beneath an evergreen tree. Mercy's grave is reinforced with a metal band connected to a post embedded into the ground to protect the famous grave from being stolen or to protect uh, her from escaping is what some say. If you go visit the grave, it'll be easy to find. It's covered in mementos, pennies, and it has a Tupperware container with a notebook for people to sign when they visit the grave if they like to. I would have left a copy of Hotel Transylvania or uh, Twilight on her grave. <laughs> You're not as good as Adam Sandler. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't want to go to that grave, but I also yeah. don't want to travel all the way across the country to do that. Yeah. I go to why people leave pennies on gravestones. It means that you just visited them. But there's other meanings for other coins, too. Mostly, well, there's uh, also the penny thing where they pay, they pay the ferryman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The too. eyes of the uh, deceased. Um, I watched a thing of Archer from the show saying goodbye to um, the, the butler. Forget his name. Woodhouse, yeah, and he was like talking. He was like, "Finally got revenge on the whatever people." It's like, I know it took longer than whatever, but you know these things go. Like whatever, he's just like drinking while like talking to his grave. He's like, although you probably would have had me look over your notes first, or like the details of everything. It's like kind of think of it as probably your will or something. He's just like drinking, and then uh, like keeps drinking, and then he's like. Here's uh, some heroin. I hope no kids come by and eat it. <laughs> he's like, and uh, here's a, a rock. I don't know if you're Jewish or not. We never really talked about it. <laughs> he's like, well, I guess I'll uh, come back in a week or, you know, we'll just play it by ear. <laughs> he's just like, fucking leaves. This is so fucked up. I'm just curious. It's like, I don't know if that's for the new season. They're doing like their final season, I think it is, which is coming up. But I know the actor that played him died and then he went missing. And I don't feel like they touched like what was going on with that. <laughs> I know they killed the mom off or I think they killed her off. She was just gone, but because the voice actress died. So hmm. the the mom from Arrested Development. Oh, she died? Yeah, she died uh last year or the year before that. I can't remember. But um I think they they go through shit with the agency stuff, but I think where they're at now, I think Lana runs the agency. I haven't, really, I haven't watched Archer in a long they time. They go through so many different stories. I think it's what keeps it fresh, honestly, because they... Yeah, the, the, one, the one that Joseph was talking about, he was in a, uh, a coma. Oh, was that? Oh, yeah, yeah. When he's in a coma, yeah, he fucking... Uh, was that what that, that uh, thing at the tombstone was? Was that from a coma episode? Or? And, well, no, that one was probably actually when he was alive, oh, okay. I think. But, like, there was, like, a whole season of just, like, a bunch of random, like, 
nonsense stories that were going yeah, on. They were going into hell. Yeah, I've, I've seen all the episodes. I gotta rewatch it because I can't remember half the shit. I haven't watched the newest season that's out. Just the, I think the coma season and then part yeah. of the next one. Yeah. But but Mallory's still in it though. Uh, yeah, they. Yeah, they got rid of her in the newest, the the last newest season, because the actress died. Yeah. Um. She was kind of a useless character anyway. Yeah. They got rid of her, and then, like in the newest season, I forget what happened the season before that. But the newest season, they ended up. Um, oh, Lana's boyfriend, I think, bought the fucking their company or whatever. Oh, yeah, bought their fucking spy place or whatever. They end up selling it, and they they work for a different spy agency that was their rival, who actually pins a bunch of shit on them. But yeah. Okay. So I got this stuff here. Um. So. Uh, yeah. Um. Yeah, she's had multiple. Im- uh, Mercy Brown has had multiple imprints on the world and pop culture. She's said to have been the inspiration that Caitlin R. Kiernan's short story "So Runs the World Away," which I guess makes direct references to the incident. It's been suggested by many, including my boy Aaron Banky over at the Lore Podcast, because everybody likes to say "shut up" about him. <laughs> oh no, wait, that's the workaholics one. Whatever. Me talking about other podcasts. Um, you can plug any podcast you want. <laughs> uh, Bram Stoker. Bram Stoker? Why am I saying? Why does that sound weird to me? Bram Stoker? Bram Stoker. Oh, my God. I actually have to plug a... Uh, uh, Bram Stoker discovered the incident in newspaper articles and based the character Lucy Westenra. I've never read the novel, so I don't know. And I can't remember the old uh, Dracula adaptation movies to save my life right now. Or if she was in that. Um, they base, uh, he based her from his, uh, oh my God. He based Lucy Westenra from his classic novel, Dracula off of Mercy Brown, supposedly. Uh, Lucy Westenra in the novel is a teenage girl who succumbs to Count Dracula and is eventually exhumed from her crypt and killed with a stake to the heart. HP Lovecraft's The Shunned House is believed to make reference to the incident. The only thing I can find is from Lovecraft. Lovecraft.fandom.com where it talks about a vampire legend being a central theme in the story but isn't clear if the creature in that tale is meant to be a literal vampire or just regarded as, uh, regarded so metaphorically. After a series of mysterious deaths occur, uh, occur in the house, the servant Anne White insists that and I once again and once again quote there must lie buried beneath the house one of those vampires, the dead who retain their bodily form and live on the blood or breath of the living, whose hideous legions send their praying shapes or spirits abroad by night. To destroy vampire, one must, the grandmother says, exhume, and it burns its heart, or at least drive a stake through the organ. The narrator says that Anne White is from Exeter, Rhode Island, and states that... Uh, states that, and this is another quote, <laughs> a seed of most uncomfortable superstitions as lately as 1892, an Exeter community exhumed a dead body and ceremoniously burned its heart in order to prevent certain alleged visitations injurious to the public health and peace. I'm having a hard time reading right now, I guess. Um, so yeah, that that was from um, 
Something's hitting you, huh? <laughs> fucking hurricanes fucking hit me. I think I'm being possessed. <laughs> no, honestly, the, the it's, have got it's me. my notes. They're fucking very small print. I should have zoomed in. Um, so yeah, that's a, a HP Lovecraft fucking the shunned house. There, there's a direct reference of her, as well as getting at the, the the lady that brings up having to get rid of the uh, this vampire's body. Says she's from Exeter, Rhode Island, and they once did that. They once exhumed the bo- uh, body and burned her heart in order to prevent the fucking injuries and shit to the public that continue going and people losing their lives. Talking about Mercy Brown, so. Uh, Story was an inspiration for a young adult novel called The Last New England Vampire by Sarah L. Thompson, where she based the character Mercy off of, well, Mercy. <laughs> Have mercy. Uh, I assume that's a retelling. I could be wrong, though. I, I assume it's just a book about Mercy Brown, but with added things into it. Uh, next one is where I first fell in love with the story on the first episode of the Lore Podcast and the short-lived but well-done TV adaptation of the pod. That's on uh, Amazon. All right. Uh, that's, you said the lore podcast. You listen to that? Yeah. Um, when the TV show first came out on um, Amazon Prime, I was like, oh, shit, this is cool. First episode is about her. And I was like, oh, that's nice. dope as fuck. And I guess, yeah, it's also the first one of the regular podcast, too. I can't remember. But that's what made me want to do research on it to begin with. Because he does his like takes on him. His episodes are about like 20 to 30 minutes long, I think. They're not very long. 14, 15 to 20 minutes, something. I mean, I, I guess there's not a whole lot to tell. I was just wondering, because I, I like lore, so that's what I was wondering. Yeah, I think he talked about her in like the first episode, or maybe it was the first couple episodes. I don't remember. But that's what, that's when I first heard about it. I was like, oh, cool. I'd love to do our own comedic take on her. <laughs> um, the American Rock... And comedic we did. And indeed we did. The American Rock Band Clutch has a song called Mercy Brown on their 2022 album Sunrise on Slaughter Beach. I know nothing about them, so I guess there's really no point bringing them up. thought it was cool that somebody made a song about them, uh, her. Paul Tremblay's novel, The Paul, it, Paul Bearer's Club, features Mercy Brown's story in it. And look into that one. So <laughs> That's all I have about her. Uh, I don't know if I missed any important details there, Casey, that you probably had. My, my... No, you, you, you hit it right on the nose. I was trying to, when I was looking up this, uh, I was trying to see if anybody had, like, if there's, like, any reported sightings of her, you know, like, either, either after death, like, after they dismembered her or before. I was trying to see if the someone caught a glimpse of her, but I couldn't find anything. Yeah, that's what I was trying to find, because that would have been cool. I wanted to do a whole fucking segment. I couldn't find anything and kind of limited on time. Um, another important thing, though, to note about this shit Everybody thought that fucking consumption, oh, there's some vampiric thing, there's all this shit. When in reality, motherfuckers just need to wash their ass. <laughs> um, it was like later discovered by a European, I, I want to say German, I could be wrong. I don't have this written down. But uh, by a, a doctor or scientist or whatever, that it's like, you know, it's, it's spread by fucking, you know, well, the whole germ theory thing we were talking about. It's like motherfuckers weren't washing their hands and shit. It was from like droplets and shit. Motherfuckers coughing in their hands, touching shit. It's just like normal fucking shit we know is not okay today. These motherfuckers like just. So what you're saying? The husband coughed in his hand, finger blasted his wife, gave him and then, did, and then did all of his kids afterwards. <laughs> they didn't call him Farmer Brownstain for no reason. He's just up in everybody's ass. 
Um, Good that motherfucker you. never wiped his ass, so he was just <laughs> just always touching the food. He was the one that prepared everything. And his son started catching on to it. I'm good. No, you ain't, boy, until you eat them goddamn carrots. <laughs> just, like, shit on them. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, the, the cases started going down when people started uh, practicing better hygiene. So, I mean, obviously, it didn't go away. I mean, it's still a thing today, right? I don't... I, I mean, it's not... We, we take shots for it. I don't think it's we widespread. Do, what is it, a TB shot? Is that what we take? Yeah. yeah. But I think I think that uh, tuber- uh, tuberculosis only shows up in like third world countries. Yeah, and, I mean we we get vaccinated like at a young age for it now, but I mean at the time when they didn't have like a vaccine for it, like yeah, they you practice uh, better hygiene and you're less likely to fucking catch it. There wasn't like a demonic force behind it, or maybe in that town there really was, and this motherfucker just really wanted them to die. I watched that movie Smile recently. Where that suicide thing's contagious, which was hilarious to me, because oh, dude, that movie was fucking. Dude, crazy. I laughed my ass off, and this is when I took that fucking edible, so I rewinded the scene uh, because um, Carla from Scrubs, I think that's her name, right? Uh, when the the main character yeah. finds out about her husband having it, and then it's like we were. Uh, and then he disappeared and the cops had me come identify the body. And then they just yanked the blanket down and his jaws all ripped apart. And he has his fucking tongue sticking out. Like he's going, what the? <laughs> like the fucking scream thing. And then she's like for 25 or 35 years, whatever it was. It's like, that's all I have left to remember him. <laughs> I started laughing hell hard. I had to rewind the screen. This is like, you married to him that long, and all you're going to remember is him doing that. <laughs> I was like crying, laughing. I was like, dude, I shouldn't fucking take edibles and watch scary movies. Oh my God. It seems like you should. Yeah, that, that's actually a lot more fun than just watching him regularly. I the only thing it wasn't a bad movie. The only thing I I went into it thinking that people were just that was spreading to people nonstop. It wasn't one person's tale of trying to get rid of it. But I do like the way they ended it. Her setting herself on fire in that house. Very poetic place. Her mom killed herself, and it still goes down as that. Well, she was crazy, and then the cops gonna get it. Except for I think that cop. I like to just see after the credits of that cop going to be like, oh, I got to kill someone. Cool. And he just goes and shoots someone in the head. <laughs> and it's like a, well, it's, like a it's, drug dealer or something. You got to do it in a fucked up way. Remember? Oh, does it have to be a fucked up way? It has to be brutal. Yeah. Uh, it has to scar someone. Okay. So, I mean, I guess he could yeah. do that. He could just like accidentally drop his gun. And it has to be, it has to be witnessed by someone too. Okay. So yeah, that's right. It's got to be spread to someone else. So he just he goes he goes and there's about like there's a meth lab in a fucking trailer park and then he's just like oh no I dropped my gun so he picks up a fucking crowbar and just starts fucking laying into a guy's skull yeah. in front uh, of uh, the that would work. <laughs> and then he just and he smiles and then he just winks at one of the other people and it's like why is he smiling like that he's just smiling he's like I'm not fucking smiling <laughs> like just anything to make it more dramatic than it is yeah. That movie was surprisingly good, man. Yeah, it was pretty. Like I, I did, did like it. I just laughed so hard at that fucking tongue scene. It was just so uncalled for. <laughs> like, all right. 
So, uh, any final thoughts on Mercy Brown and or yeah, yeah Mike? What did, what did you think of Mercy Brown since you didn't know anything about the topic before coming into it? Oh no, I don't understand why there's a thought of vampires. It's just tuberculosis. It fucked up this whole fucking town. They just didn't and know like, what TB was back yeah, then. Yeah, no, but like, like them that the reasons they were thinking that she was a vampire, we talked about. It's like, oh, well, you froze her. <laughs> not intentionally yeah it's like does your uh you know do your steaks continue like rot when they're frozen no they get a little freezer burnt sometimes but i love the name that's about it i love the name bacterium with fangs that's, <laughs> i don't know this sounds cool to me um yeah it's, it's fucking stupid it's like shit her body was frozen guys it's been well preserved mm. well that bitch is a vampire let's rip her open I thought this episode was pretty crazy just because just because uh Europe had their vampire panic in the 15th, 16th century. And then for whatever reason, we have to come out uh during the late eighteen hundreds to the nineteen hundreds to go freak out about the same shit that they've already freaked out about fucking Back in the day, like I don't, I just don't, I don't understand how that wasn't like a widespread knowledge by then, you know. Because America, especially, especially with the, the Europe people, you because know, we're, we're Europeans, we're, uh, I guess you'd call them. We're rebels and outlaws and very masculine. It's like vampires. You guys had vampires, fucking pussies. <laughs> Ours are men. But what about Mercy Brown? Shut up. She had a dick in my eyes. You had a dick in your eyes. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> oh God! But it's it's pretty wild. All it is, all. and then the fact that it happened in like multiple times everywhere. Like this was a pr- common practice. People just digging them up and fucking like, yeah, fuck yeah. And the doctor and they're like, guys, this doesn't. Even though medical science isn't that that advanced, I, I could tell you right now that that that's normal. <laughs> No, it's not. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up, Metcalf, or whatever the name was. This, this episode actually is uh, our first one for our Spooktober episodes. Ooh. That's why I was going to plug this uh, this other channel. Uh, I don't know if you follow him, Joseph. It's um, called Mong Tales. No, I don't. But about Mong people? Uh, yeah, so... Uh, well, I don't know how to say his name, so I don't want to say it. So <laughs> I don't want to sound like a retard, but uh, <laughs> what's it called? So cut that out too. Uh, no, but one of our one of our Hmong buddies or family member, I don't know who it is exactly, but they had me on Snapchat and they uh, they added me to their like they sent me a link to their channel on YouTube, which is uh, just YouTube at Hmong Tales. Just look them up. They tell scary stories about mong tales around the world and shit. So it's, they're pretty cool. It actually, sounds really, uh, really interesting. I heard that the whole um, nightmare on Elm Stream thing was based off of something that was happening to mong people. They were like dying in their sleep or whatever. One person refused to sleep. I've heard it multiple times, and by multiple, I mean I think I heard it from two different YouTube channels. But I can't find the fucking source yeah. of where their shit came from. And I think I was talking to Tang about it, and I think. Yeah, at uh, Matthew's wedding, and I think Tang was saying um, that he, if sounds familiar or something, or he remembers it, some shit. I can't remember. 
I'm pretty sure it was 10. I sent the link to the group, but I told him I'd plug him because he sent me some thing. I was like, I'll check out your shit. And then uh, after I listened to it, I was like, is it cool if I plug you guys on our podcast? He's like, yeah, go for it. So I was like, got you, man. But it'd be cool if we uh, boosted up the listeners. Uh, that's That'd be awesome. Day one trapped deep in the Madoverse. I was told these cowardice internet repairmen would come fix my wiring issues. Well, I decided to take matters into my own hands. Traversing deep into a slew of encrypted files varying from CIA cover-ups and educational bestiality videos I found the source of my issues. A problematic lil virus calling itself ABRA Zersbug. It seemed to be exhibiting signs of sentient life so I began to interrogate it. I asked what is your purpose here? It responded, rate my tits, I asked if that was a form of data usage measurements. It did not respond, I asked again what is your purpose? It grew silent before pointing at a link in the distance. I took its hand as we entered the numeric code in question. Listeners, it sent me to the best amateur Asian devil's threesome I have ever seen. I came twice. Thank you for listening to the Conspiracy Theory Outpost.